Thanks for tuning into the Owl's Nest. Today, we have a special guest joining us to talk about being a content creator in the Overwatch scene, Florida Mayhem streamer Sam. That's coming up today on the Owl's Nest. Back to our regulars and hello to any new viewers. If this is your first time visiting the Owl's Nest, make sure you hit that subscribe button and like the video. Turn the bell for notifications and make sure you leave us some comments. Let, you, let us know how you're liking the show. So joining us today is uh, content creator for the Florida Mayhem, Sam. Sam, welcome to the Owl's Nest. And thank you so much for having me, guys. Really excited to be here. Yeah, well, we're glad to have you. And, you know, the first thing that I have to ask you, which is something that I ask all content creators or esports pros the first time that I ask them, and actually, Jake, feel free to answer this as well, because I don't know that I've ever gotten your answer. What was it about Overwatch that initially drew you to it? I mean, with all the games and all the different esports are out there, what about Overwatch captured you? Well... Before Overwatch, I actually played Minecraft, and I ended up coming over here alongside Dante. Oh. And um, we, we played together all the time. Like, he, I would play Reinhardt back in the day, and he'd play Sombra. And it's just the visual appeal of the game was unique to where, I mean, I think even now, there's not quite a shooter like it. And that's why I think it's the best shooter game ever made. It's just so immersive. The characters are very cool. I think I fell in love with Genji the second I saw him. I think the Dragons trailers, you know, it made me a Shimano main for literally, you know, <laughs> to season 10 to, you know, 12. Just super thrilling. There's not a, a game like it in terms of, like, first-person shooters. I'd compare it to kind of, like, the Borderlands of, you know, um, mm. RPG games. Just because, you know how Borderlands, like, has such a nice atmosphere that's yeah. kind of cartoony that you just, it just drags you in the second you start playing it. To me, Overwatch did the same, but at an even greater level. I think that, I mean, that totally resonates with me. Like, um, I think when I came to Overwatch, I was definitely coming, like, for esports in the Mm -hmm. sense of, like, I knew because Blizzard had supported Heroes of the Storm that Overwatch was positioned to be, like, really successful in that regard, like, that they would support it and make an esport happen. Uh, And coming from TF2, I already had, like, some of the fundamental FPS skills. So I think my draw was a little bit different, but I think pretty quickly it became more than just about competing. And I also really fell in love with the game and actually just really enjoyed it for what it is. Uh, I think it's absolutely right that like the visual it's one thing that's pretty incredible in overwatch is how much crazy stuff can go on. Like how many different heroes there are and they're, they're all completely different from one another, one another. And yet, you know, like I was talking with someone about this earlier is like the sound of a footstep, like just hearing that you like know what hero it is. And I think that that's, uh, like completely ridiculous in a game like Overwatch, like just the quality of, of the fundamentals in the game, just like the way it is built, is so well done. Uh, you know, from things like the, the sound design footsteps to things like the the net code. I've never played an FPS game that actually felt fine on a hundred ping. I mean, it's not great <laughs> in Overwatch. Like certain <laughs> certain right. heroes are, are especially hard, but but like I'm like compared to any other game, it is the best of all time FPS game and high ping. Like I've ne- I don't think there's even a close second between like most games I've played before, like TF2 on hundred ping was unplayable. Like <laughs> nothing, like literally nothing worked right. Like the sniper was sort of playable on high ping. That was like it. Literally everything else felt terrible. And um, it's incredible how overwatch, you know, obviously a hundred ping is never good, but, how how small that is compared to certain games where you just you literally could not play on that thing. So, how do each of you approach creating content uh, outside of streaming for Overwatch? You know, I mean, in 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 my podcast streaming career, I have created content for a number of games, and I definitely feel like for Overwatch, outside of following league play, it's a lot different from something like let's say you know World of Warcraft, which has you know every few months they come out you know with new uh, patches, new expansions. 
Um, so what is it that you look for in creating content, uh, both from a streaming perspective or from a YouTube perspective, uh, which is where a lot of your content is, Sam? Well, it's it's a process, and sometimes you're going to hit the nail on the head, and sometimes you're going to swing and miss. That's just the YouTube algorithm nowadays. Um, but for me, I try to think about like what the community wants and what is because th- this is the biggest misconception when it comes to streaming. It's like a lot of people see the content creator as you know the big guy, like the special person, right? But I think for me, what's helped me so much is understanding that I'm not that important. It's what the consumer wants that's important. And you need to see it from that perspective to really be able to grow yourself and push yourself and expand upon your horizon. So for me, you know, especially with, you know, a lot of the casual Overwatch content, I've been doing hacker hunts, which a lot of the casual audience loves. And that really helped my channel take off again. You know, um, I look for what one gets viewership, two is easy to do for my time. Three would make my channel a little bit more more diverse and, and tap into that target audience. Because according to Jeff and Blizzard, can I say, no, nah, yeah, this is from the lightning round. Um, I think like 70% of the PC Overwatch player base just plays quick play. They don't even play competitive. And 30% plays competitive. And, um, and I thought that was a really interesting number as well. And it's like 90% to 10% on console, which is insane. Wow. Right? So like, I, at least for me as somebody who like played professionally, who did all this stuff, you know, um, I didn't like coming out of that. I was like, okay, I have a hardcore audience, but like, what do I have outside of that? And like, how can I reach them? And I think the replay system was did wonders for, for the Overwatch content creation community. And I still don't think that, you know, that's been tapped into. So for me, like trying to balance those two things out um, on top of maintaining a streaming schedule, very consistent. You have to be consistent as a content creator. There's, you know, it's, it's funny. You grow up, you're like, Oh, I want to play video because I want to do this job because I'll do it on my own time. I do whatever I want. When you get here and it's like, no, you're here every day and you can't, there's, I, I don't know the last time I've had a day off, but at the same time I'm doing what I love, you know, it's a yeah. really work if, if it's what you love mm-hmm. to do. And yeah, here, here we are. Yeah, I know what you mean about that. Like the, the sense of consistency, but also I think you made a great, a really great point, especially YouTube, um, which I think is something that probably a lot of people, like, I think most people nowadays at least they get into twitch first and they get into just streaming first because it's way more direct it's just like just turn this room on play games talk right like it's less produced it's less um less i wouldn't say less work but it feels like less work at the beginning because it's a different skill set yeah yeah but i just mean like in terms of like it's where people start but more and more i've been seeing like wow like you've got to be if you want to really do it seriously like expanding you know across twitch youtube you know, not only is there going to be a lot of times where you're just double getting double content, right? Like content, you're streaming on Twitch, little editing, that becomes a YouTube video, right? So I think that's a great point of like diversifying. To, to point out the, the, the quick play stuff, I've totally seen like, you know, you ever like play quick play and you'll see people who've got like the, the diamond border account, yes! no ranked placement. <laughs> I'm like, man, that's like twice as many levels as I have. Like I probably do that level. <laughs> if I got, if I got all of the, the, if they gave XP for, for scrims OPR, for like the yeah. first four years of the game, <laughs> I probably would have been that level or something. But still, like it's insane. Like that's like a professional player level of time investment into the game, and they've never played ranked. And some of them are, are like good players. Like I, mm-hmm. I just think that's so interesting. It's like a totally different mindset when I can't really relate to, but just shows like, wow, I have a lot to learn. Now, Sam, yeah, you, you, you said something really interesting uh, at the beginning of that answer, too. You, you, know, you had mentioned that when it comes to YouTube, you have to focus more on the product that people want and less on sort of yourself as a personality, which I feel like when you hear the way that people talk about becoming a streamer and what people come to for Twitch, I feel like that's a little counterintuitive because, you know, when you come to watch a stream, you want to get to know the person, you want to get to know the personality, sort of see into their life a little bit. Do you find that those two... Um, 
sort of worlds uh, collide with each other when trying to make content on both platforms? Um, yes and no. I think, at least for me, like, I see my personality as something that can kind of mesh and fit into different environments. Like, I'm, I'm just me, right? But at the same time, it's like, okay, how do I take what I am good at and apply it to what a, a new thing that a consumer might want? Like, well, you, you have to ask yourself when you're making content, what's going to make you stand out? Why should this viewer stay and watch you? What do you bring to the table? And for me, you know, I, I, that's the main reason I played contenders uh, aside from my community wanting me to play. I was like, you know what? I, I want to have that rep and that credibility that people know because putting in the work goes a long way. Like everyone knows that people are human beings, you know, no one's going to be perfect, but at the end of the day, there's a level of respect that comes in with sitting down and actually doing something rather than being in the peanut gallery and just kind of, you know, commentating on it. Right. Like you, like Jake, for example, you, you sat down, you did the work for years, right? People respect that. And I think that's a big factor into your brand. It's like you have sat down, you've done the work. It's, it's credibility, right? So people want to mm-hmm. go watch Jake. They're like, man, this guy's played professional play. He's a normal dude. Like I can relate to this guy and I can learn something from him. Like that's a part of Jake's brand that makes him, I don't want to say above the rest, but gives him more credibility as a content creator. And, you know, for me, it's about applying your personality to different aspects of what a consumer might want. So the, your personality as is, is a base foundation, and you need to figure out your own unique way to bring what the consumer wants through your personality, through your lens. Your, your personality mm-hmm. is like a lens, and people will see items differently based on the lens they look through. Does that make sense? Is that a good way of putting it? Yeah, I'm not no, sure. No, uh, I think yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. From my experience mm-hmm. as well, like... Um, I think that it's like it shapes like even if you decide even if you and I let's say we caught there's like oh there's this trend or something we both want to make a video on it we would make ultimately a different video because it's through that different lens of like you would each approach it in your own way um, and even you know which videos you wanted to make and, and those things like even if you're you know picking and choosing and selecting and, and sort of trying to evolve the way that that happens is also part of your personality like it's not like you know, somebody's coming to you and saying, Hey, I need you to make these three videos on these three topics. It's like you have, you know, even if you were just purely looking for the audience, like what do they want? You still have too many videos you could ever, than you could ever make. Right. Uh, more videos than you can ever make, I should say. And, um, so it's it, your selection there actually is part of your personality. It's like, why do you make the hacker hunt videos? You know, like, I think there's part of that. That's like the community wants that, but there's not, it's not like just a pure like oh I saw that successful other places I think that is somehow like natural to you right and it's like you can make that content not only interesting and engaging but but fun and you actually enjoy it and that's something I've realized a lot is like if you aren't able to enjoy the content you're making and like have fun with it then yeah. you won't it won't be great and entertaining like for people whether that's streaming YouTube I think streaming especially but YouTube also true where I was doing these like um, player POV reviews um, for YouTube, and I was doing them offline. I was like, man, it's just the I, the, the vibe was no, was not right. Like, I just wasn't just, having fun with yeah, it. Yeah, I tell you, the, the energy is not there. Yeah, and then to do it on stream and have like chat there, not only asking questions and you know provoking me to kind of explain things in a new way, but also just having that vibe there and then having way more fun with it and it being about entertainment made the actual final product ten times better. So I think it's one of those things where. It's a, like a constant process of experimentation to figure out like what works for the audience, what works for you. So, uh, Sam, you're obviously a streamer for the Florida Mayhem. So, uh, you know, being picked up and working with an organization like that, how has that uh, made a difference in your you know, your process and your product? 
it's, it's you know it's definitely changed a couple of things because you know when you're on your own you don't have to worry about saying I mean obviously you know as a streamer you gotta you get a filter and you know you understand what you can say you don't especially with my content it's very risky because I know that I walk a very fine line because I, I I like to cook people you know it's fun <laughs> people that's that's why people come on my stream like I bring I bring that energy at, and then you know it's it's a very very you know fine line especially now that I'm representing a brand you know I we I, we already have had to had a meeting. Um, with Ella, the, the director of content, and she just kind of had to explain to us. She's like, guys, like, listen, we know you mean no ill will, but you got to be careful about how you approach what you say online, mm-hmm. especially if it's something on Twitter or like something. I was like, yeah, listen, I'm done with Twitter. Like, it's just, uh, it's, <laughs> I, I talk to friends, post content. Like, it's just not the place to put opinions anymore. Um, but, you know, that definitely makes a major part just in the, in the you know, out basic parts of it. But other than that, you know, seeing all the different channels that you have to go through to do stuff, especially with sponsor content, like I, I'm currently the busiest I've ever been in my life, right? Mm-hmm. Mayhem, the Mayhem has doubled my workload. But when I first met with, with um, John, the, the president of Mayhem and Mooneers um, in April, mid 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 April when we were discussing whether or not like you know they they wanted me to come on obviously and I was trying to figure things out at the time and um I told him I said listen like I want to work I'm coming here like I don't want to come here get a streamer salary paycheck and just stream at their overlay like I want to work on content because I am a content creator that's how I can grow that's how I can build myself up as a person that's and they've delivered they've <laughs> delivered all right let me let me tell you so we've got you know a weekly series coming out on their channel and then you know we just J3 and I just did the Intel um Intel video for them and I've got another one coming up this week and I think I have another one after that the week after and I haven't even gone down to 40 yet Right, like we haven't even had the time to bring me down because we're still constructing like our offices, and you know, obviously, I, it's more of an off-season thing because kind of our plan for now is you know focus on the season for now. But when the off-season comes, what's mayhem going to have? That's when Jay and I are going to have to step up to the plate even more so than now, which I'm really excited for. You know, it's it's going to be twelve-hour days, and I, I I live for that. You know, like I I love that. But no, it's definitely changed a lot of the process. I've had to be much more careful about what I say and what I do because it's not just me on the line. Like if it's just me on the line, if I say something stupid, whatever, I'm an idiot. I'll take it with a, you know, take it on the shoulder. But what I can't really stand is like bringing other people down for my mistakes. Like I just, I hate that. And so it's a, definitely a learning process. But you know, we'll get there. I think that's a huge um, learning point, especially for like for me playing in the Overwatch League. It was like a similar thing of you know starting to understand, um, you know, like being part of something bigger than yourself is like a, a very unique experience, especially in gaming because, you know, it's all online. It's easy to forget about that sort of thing. Um, but I think playing for those teams and I mean, for me being like a leader for the teams I was on to like running things and booking scrims and whatever. So I got that lesson kind of early, I guess, like how to, how to handle that. But I think you're totally right. That it is a different thing. Although I feel like you have like literally the perfect perspective though, like of just grinding for the team and having that be your mindset uh, you know, in a way, there's like the extra work of like you have to manage it, but there's also the incredible positive of like you're part of a team, you've got a group of people like minded around you supporting you. Nothing so, like in the world. As much as there's more work, like you'll be able to achieve even more, I think, than just the sum of the work, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, you're absolutely right. It's, it's something special. I can't put. I, it's it's hard to describe, but you know it. it like it'll hit you in the heart. It, I know that yeah. sounds cheesy, but it's just the reality of it, right? Like it's it's multiple minds coming together to make something great is yeah. an irreplaceable thing in the world. So, 
scary stuff, but fun nonetheless. <laughs> All right, getting getting serious now. Now I have some questions for you, Sam. Uh, just yeah. a couple of easy ones. Uh, some stuff I know you're passionate about. So my first question is: I just want to look forward to the future, um, specifically Overwatch Two. Can you <laughs> give me like a top, maybe a top three, or just whatever your top few items are? What's your wish list? Like, what do you want to see in Overwatch Two? Whether it's you know the PVE, the multiplayer PVP, heroes, you know specifics about the game. Like, Removal just hit me May. with it. Like, what what's your dream team? <laughs> if you're Jeff Kaplan, you take his job. You're you're running the Overwatch team. What we what are we getting in Overwatch two in Sam's Overwatch two? So to start before we get to the nitty gritty, I think <laughs> I knew you'd have a good one for this. <laughs> I'll save the best for last. Um, to start, I want to create a healthy ecosystem for the business overall. Mm. Um, we need to have a better cycle of content creation and just uh you know just of overall the ability to make content in the game. And I think what's essential to that is I'm going to bundle these things all together. They're multiple things, but whatever. Free to play and support a creator pro, uh, program for content creators. Like mm. the reality is, the, the business and the industry has changed since Fortnite came out. We have seen what the success of free to play is. The game needs to go free to play to bring as many users as possible to help the ecosystem. Right? We need phone verification for ranked, obviously, all that other stuff to come. But a supporter pro- creator program on top of that will bring so many more content creators alongside, you know, um, all the new players right meaning you have more content coming out more creators advertising overwatch and if that happens the value the base foundation value of the product will go through the roof right potentially doubling even tripling and if that happens you know if that helps the most overwatch league the more the more people they can bring into the game the more customers you get in the store the more likely you are to have them stop by and watch an overwatch league match Right, so overall, it'll just drastically raise the quality of Overwatch. So that that ecosystem is essential; it's the foundation. And as much as I'd like break out of the game, it's got to come first, right? It's 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 got to come first, right? Two, okay, we need to revisit the learning curve of the game and how we reward players for what they do on different heroes. I know Blizzard likes to look a lot at win rates, but at the end of the day, you can't just look at stats and think that that's everything that's right, right? At the end of the day, there are some heroes in the game balance right now that reward you for doing way, reward you equally as much, if not more, for doing drastically less. And if you want somebody to grind your product or your hobby long-term, whether it's basketball, baseball, video games, you name it, it's any hobby, playing the guitar, right? Like, the longer that learning curve is, the, the more time people will overall invest to it and feel rewarded for it, right? Like, it's you, you're not going to master the guitar in six months. You're not going to become an NBA player in six months. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not that simple, right? And I, I worry that, you know, especially with Brig, which is why I hate her so much, right? And even Arissa as well. They're the two demons of the game currently. Um, you know, they crunch that learning curve to where like individual decision-making doesn't matter nearly as much, meaning good outplays and good ideas can no longer build off each other to overall make a better and more diverse game with all this thinking and, you know, just all all, all this decision-making that has high impact, meaning that players can't feel rewarded for making small, correct decisions anymore, crunching the learning curve down because Brig counters them just by existing. It's bad game design. There's no if, and, or buts about it. And I think... Blizzard does a good job altogether, but I'm not, this is, a lot of people don't like this about me, and I understand that. Listen, I know that my personality is definitely not something that people will all like universally. That's something you have to accept as a content creator as well, but Mm. I aim for the best. I don't want Overwatch 2 to be an A-minus game. I want it to be game of the year again. I want it to be the best FPS game to ever come out, as I believe it deserves. And in order for that to happen, we can't just have 
all these things be done okay. They need to be perfect, right? Like, like that's what I'm aiming for. I know it'll probably never happen, but that's just who I am. I can't help it, man. I see something that's not working right. It's like whenever Dante and, and my friends would mine diamonds in Minecraft without Fortune 3, I was so pissed. Oh, <laughs> like, bro, like, that's the easiest thing to do in the game. Like, you're literally cutting our resource efficiency in half by like 30%. <laughs> what are you doing? Like, what was it? Nah, man. Like, I don't, I, I don't know. And the third thing, obviously, did I say remove Brig as my second thing? Or did I yeah, say yeah, kind of. It was in there. Okay, you got, I think you got the it, better message. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah. There, and and the then the third thing, I, I really hope the storyline gets developed in the PvE because oh. as somebody I listen I, I, the amount of hours I put into Borderlands Borderlands series you know uh, Skyrim Witcher 3 you know the Spider-Man PS4 Batman the Batman series the Arkham series like Overwatch could do that mm-hmm. but in a way that the industry has never seen Borderlands did a phenomenal job in terms of like being a shooter like that, but mm-hmm. I think Overwatch can do it in the Overwatch way, which is you have the combination of the shooter and ability mechanics that would just be groundbreaking, right? And I think it could be a better Borderlands 3, and that's what I'm hoping for. We'll see, though. I trust Jeff. When it comes to PvE, I think Blizzard will do a phenomenal job with it. Yeah, yeah, especially the stuff about the the skill trees and stuff and like different <laughs> cooldowns. I think that'll be actually super fun to I play, know. right? Especially some like if there's any like you know, it's one of those things where you know you look at a game like World of Warcraft, right? Sure, it's PVE, but there's like incredible difficulty scaling, and they really make it just something you can totally play all day long. And like you know, it's not oh, something yeah. you just finish the content and get tired of. And that's what Blizzard's so good about. <laughs> so I, I agree, super high expectations on that. And I think to, to just reflect off your comment about um, the skill curve, I think one of the sad things about some of these heroes, like in particular Brig, I think, is that the hero is like immensely powerful, but it doesn't actually feel that good to play because a lot of the reward, like the, the nature of the Inspire mechanic is like the most unsatisfying mechanic in the game. It's like, yeah. it's extremely hard to understand exactly like the impact of like when you're getting a hit in and, and when that matters and when it doesn't matter. It's like extremely... Um, like you, the the, you don't know. the character does so much without you actually getting that sense of like I just hit a big nade on Ana that was yeah. sick like everyone turned purple right like and there's just such a that's such a beautiful obvious thing or, or nading your teammates or you know Moira's not as bad at this because at least you see yeah. you're healing the whole team in a big AOE but but Brig like this slow passive healing it's incredibly impactful but you don't actually feel powerful so it's simultaneously is frustrating to play against and also. It's boring. You know, like Doomfist is also frustrating to play against, but at least the Doomfist is executing something complex and 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 you know bringing the pieces together. Whereas on Brig, I think you, despite doing that same impact, like it just split across the entire game. And um, I mean, personally, I'm not a fan of delete Brig because like there's no way they'll ever delete content. And, no, I wouldn't ever. Yeah, obviously, but like like they're just never. I mean, they spent months of development time. It, it's unrealistic to ask them to delete it, but you know, they're like think about how ridiculously bad Torb and Sim were. Yeah, that's that's what I envisioned. Like as the well. old Torb turret that you had to level up, and people were playing that on offense. <laughs> like, don't don't do that. So, yeah, no, you know yeah, they could no. fix it. I, I do have confidence, but it does. I think it will take that level of rework. Like the rework we got was a little bit more of a rebalance. Yeah, didn't fundamentally change anything. But um, I think the hero I agree might need some sort of just structural rework. It's just like take it to take it back to the drawing board. You know, like I think. Well, not the drawing board, but you have the base, you have the rough draft, rewrite the essay. 
I personally yeah. think, right? And it's not, it would not be a bad thing in my opinion. It, you know, speaking of restructure, sorry to go a little off topic, like you said, no I did, we did the same thing with Arista and Sigma with Double Shield. Like, it's, and it's, it's a problem. Like, I've, I've queued tank today, man. Good I luck, bro. I, <laughs> I don't like doing it. Sitting on the car as Arissa, I'm about to drop a video on the Dev Discord today. Actually, a little short one for, for Jeff um, because I'm I, like, listen, I'm not, I, 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 I'm not going to beat around the bush. Like, they don't want you to beat around the that's bush. They know, they, they know we care, yeah. right? We're not going to pull our punches. That's how I grew up, man. Like, I grew yeah. up in freaking Kentucky, Lexington, Kentucky. You know, when I played sports and somebody on the team mouthed off, we were all running for hours. Like, there's no, there's no shortcuts. And I'm not. Mm. If, if you if you care about something and you care about someone, right? You don't beat around the bush. Like you just you shoot straight and be like, listen, man. Like we love you. Here's what you got to do and why. And it's awesome. Yeah, and just get that perspective out there. I think they want it too. Mm-hmm. Um, so to ask you one final question before we let you go. Uh, I wanted to get your to go even wider than Overwatch 2, even wider than the future of Overwatch. Just like content creation right now, I think this is such an interesting question that I tend to ask like a lot of creators when I, when I talk with them uh, personally. So I wanted to get your take, uh, which is basically where do you see the industry of content creation going in like let's say five, ten years? Like right now, it seems like what's on the horizon is like the battle of the streaming platforms with Twitch obviously being the dominant player, but now like genuine effort from a lot of big companies. Mm-hmm. Um, to mix results, a mixer, lol. Um, <laughs> but um, but but I I don't think that that's like the end of the story by any means. Um, you know, YouTube obviously has an amazing platform, but streaming still has a ways to go on YouTube. Like, mm-hmm. oh, where yeah, do you, yeah. where do you see whether it's platforms, whether it's you know new modes of creation? Is there anything that excites you or anything that you're just curious about? This doesn't have to be like a refined answer, but I'm just I just want to see where your head's at, where you see the future. Well, I, I see it continuing to grow. Um, mm. Obviously, you know, the, the reason why Mixer failed is because at the end of the day, while there are a lot of young stream platforms and the industry is still young, it's it's a tangent of social media. And Mixer cannot compete with the already established millions, hundreds of millions of users on YouTube, Twitch, even Twitch did it because they were first. They were the only option. So they were able to get there first, which is why they were able to compete with the massive user base of YouTube. The reason why Facebook has a chance of succeeding, and now especially more so with Mixer coming on board, is because they have a massive user base, right? YouTube, the same way. That's why YouTube can succeed, even though they're drastically behind Twitch and even Mixer in some street utilities, right? Like Mixer had a clipping and all this other stuff, I believe. YouTube still doesn't have clipping. I've been on the freaking guys at YouTube Gaming's heads for, for two years about giving us the freaking clipping feature. It's coming, right. it's coming. I love them to death, but where is it? Like, you know what I mean? This is going to help with content a lot. Um, it's going to continue to be the dominant thing. I know YouTube is trying to become more of a television cable service as well. Like they're having YouTube keep the other pushing it very hard and that's the direction they want to go they want to be just a giant you know they want to be a um sustainable content source that's their goal and right now they're focusing on tv i think what twitch needs to do in particular is they need to stay ahead in utilities and monetization policies for streamers that's going to be what separates them from the rest of the bunch they're years ahead right now they won't be able to maintain their lead to the degree they had there's no way you can maintain that level of you know frankly superiority right other platforms will eventually start to catch up but they've established themselves well enough to be a dominant the dominant competitor unless youtube uh, youtube will be the one to surpass them because if i had to if i had to here's an interesting question for both of you 
if you had to guess in 2019 across all media platforms, what percent for gaming, what percentage of gaming content watch hours came from um, streams and what percentage came from VODs? I would say like probably 90% VODs or something. I think YouTube is extraordinarily successful compared to Twitch, but it's just a different nature of platform. Yeah, the fact that YouTube continues to live on, you know, that people are constantly going there, re-watching episodes over and over as a repository for knowledge, it's, it's going to beat out Twitch in the long run every time. Mm-hmm. It's 87% to 13%. A lot yeah, of streamers on so. Twitch, a lot of people on Twitch think it's like 50-50. I'm like, you are way wow. off the yeah. mark way off the mark so the fact that you have that many just watch hours of content on youtube is why i think 10 to 20 years down the line they can win because it's easy to get the monetization policies it's easy it's not easy it's easier to get stream utilities and monetization policies changed than it is to build a dynasty and how many years has it been since youtube came out like what is it 2000 early 2000s right or so like that, if you think about it in that sense, they've got a 10-year lead on Twitch, mm-hmm. but they haven't been able to apply that to their streamers yet. And it's starting to happen now, but my my big guess, my big long-shot guess that everyone would laugh at me for now is that in the long run, YouTube is going to become the ultimate gaming content creation platform. I think they will surpass or mirror Twitch in terms of... Um, in, in terms of streaming utilities and being a good streaming platform because the reality is... It's there's just no way that Twitch can keep up with the user base of billions of accounts or whatever it is on YouTube. It's it's like they have such a big lead, they have all this power, they just don't know how to channel it. Hmm. And if they learn, Twitch has amazing control of their power, right? But in terms of max gauge, YouTube is eighty-seven to thirteen percent. And kind of like, like that's a huge number. That is a huge number. So I don't know. I, I think, you know, that's just going to continue to grow. I'm super excited to see how it pans out. I would I would consider Facebook and Mixer a player now. Like before, yeah. n- neither of them were players, but they each had, they excuse me, oh my God, they each had what the other one lacked. Uh, Facebook lacked the utilities and the infrastructure. Mixer lacked the, the audience. But Facebook has, you know, now they have both and we'll see what ends up happening. But it's just, it's, it is the best time ever to be a content creator ever all right well sam thank you so much for joining us here on the owl's nest it's been an absolute pleasure and thank you for watching the owl's nest now before you go make sure you click that bell to subscribe to our channel get all the notifications on the latest videos and if you happen to be a comic book lover don't miss the other identity podcast the latest comic and film news and insights hosted by former marvel insider ben morris and a resident comic book expert me Catch it now wherever you follow your podcast. Make sure you're following Jake at JakeOW on Twitter, Jake underscore OW on Twitch and YouTube. And, of course, you can also find Sam at FPS on Twitter and YouTube. Sam, thanks again for joining us. No problem. Had a blast, guys. All right. And remember, everyone, thanks, until next time, stay on that payload. BackstageCountry.com, your online home for all things country music. (laughs) 
There are lots of country music couples we love to watch. They sing about their love and bring it to life in the music they share with fans. Text COUPLES to 45911 to learn more about five couples we think were and are country music magic. Text COUPLES to 45911 to get a link to the list sent right to your phone from BackstageCountry.com. 